0: Hey there folks, Michael Mitchell, and this is podcast number two, Once Upon a Time in Texas. Uh, This has been a lot of fun doing the research and everything so far, and I got a lot of good feedback on podcast number one, and so kind of hoping you guys dig this one too. Um, This one is called, Can Texas Split into Five States? And really the question is, uh, can Texas secede? There are lots of people around here, um really in the state of Texas that talk about that. You know, can we secede and you'll talk to folks. By God, yes we can cuz Texas is awesome and that was part of us, you know, the way we came into the United States and we should do it. Um to heck with the US government and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and so, uh we're going to talk about that a little bit, but before we get into it, uh, I would just like to remind everybody that this is uh for the time being, still being sponsored by me, uh, Michael Mitchell, and uh, my company, Miracle Mortgage. Um, you can find me, this podcast, more information about me at the themichaelmitchell.com. So T-H-E-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.com. So I do mortgages here in the state of Texas. I can do all those types of mortgages you can think of, FHA, VA, USDA, conventional. We even just got a new product for one time, uh, new construction closings. Um, Haven't looked into that a whole lot yet, but uh, I know we can do it. Uh, We even have some opportunities to do investment loans and things like that. So, yeah, if you know somebody looking to move to Texas or looking to move in the state of Texas, pretty much looking to buy a house or something, period. Send it my way. Love to work with them. I try to be fairly entertaining and try to make that process super simple. So there you go. Miracle Mortgage. Find me at themichaelmitchell.com. So let's go ahead and jump into this question today. So can Texas secede and split into five states? You know, this is the, the myth and legend and lore that we're talking about. Um, some people around here are pretty upset with the U.S. government. And the way things are being run and, you know, and and rightly so, depending on uh, how you look at it. Um, So anytime Texans get a little upset about how things are going nationally, um, there's a lot of people that um, there's really a cry out that we should just secede. And we have the right to do so because we were our own country and we came into the U.S. through annexation and not ratification. And so, uh, I guess this, this causes some controversy. It causes a lot of dialogue here in Texas. It's, it's really something that a lot of people are really proud of. So, you know, and like we talked in podcast, number one, um, you know, we did, we, we had to fight for our independence from Mexico and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Texas has a lot of pride, um, for, you know, the way Texas is, you can even, uh, you know, again, the shape of Texas is very recognizable and that's something we're going to talk about in this podcast too. I mean, you can buy uh, waffle irons and ice cube makers. Um, people have pools designed in the shape of Texas. Um, there's all kinds of crazy Texas shaped stuff out there. And, uh, you know, you don't really find that for a lot of other States, you know, you got Oklahoma and, uh, you know how it looks and I don't think really anybody around the rest of the world kind of cares <laughs> so and that's not a diss on Oklahoma it's just uh I guess they're they're not as recognizable as are most other states in the United States they're just not as recognizable as the shape of Texas so anyway let's let's dig into you know speaking of this shape let's dig into a little of the history of Texas's shape because that kind of goes into everything we're talking about yesterday we know it's huge. Uh, it's, it's this giant state, but a lot of people don't know that it, at one time, Texas actually claimed almost half of New Mexico and then, uh, bits and pieces of Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Wyoming. Like it just had this, you know, we had this big bulb over into New Mexico, which is, um, (laughs) it's one of my favorite sayings, you know, New Mexico is neither new nor Mexico, but, uh, Anyway, we, we had a big, huge chunk of New Mexico and then this kind of stovepipe that went, you know, right up through Oklahoma, Colorado, Kansas and Wyoming. And so what, you know, what, what kind of happened? Well, slavery had a big part to do with the way the, the shape of Texas is now. So Texas became a state in 1845, like we all know. Um, But in 1850, there was this big question over slavery uh, and, you know, in different states. And so it eventually led to the Civil War and all that. But there was an attempt to stop a lot of the grumbling and argument over slavery in these different states by the U.S. government. And I think they really tried hard. And so one of the big things um, was called the Compromise of 1850. And so there's a lot more to the Compromise of 1850, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it basically made the northern boundary of the Texas Panhandle fixed at the Missouri Compromise line. And you kind of go, hmm, what is that? Well, hold on a minute, because we'll get to that. So they were trying to really avoid the conflict um, and and interpretations, I guess. Uh, and they really wanted to make, you know, make it clear that Texas was a slave state. And so, um, you know, what the heck is the Compromise of 1850? Well, we'll get to that. But let's talk about this Missouri Compromise. So we're stepping back from 1850, 30 years to 1820. So the Missouri Compromise um, kind of helped save the United States um, from splitting along sectional lines. So Um, they were, they were trying, remember this is before Texas was even a state. And so there, there was already kind of the North and South thing going on a little bit. And, uh, basically they defined where slavery could exist in the territory gained in the Louisiana purchase, because that was a big issue. Should these areas have slaves? Should they not? And this was a big deal. So very specifically, they said slavery could exist South, Of the 36 degree, 30 minute north line of latitude and no further west than Missouri. And so basically it's sectioned out, you know, more or less, you know, from my thinking, kind of Louisiana um, where they could have slavery, but nowhere west of that in Missouri. And so... It's kind of important because then you fast forward to 1850 and you go, well, well, what does this mean? Well, there were some people trying to say, well, Texas, you know, folks in Texas can't have slaves because of this Missouri Compromise. (laughs) And from a little bit of my reading and uh, and to be honest, I'm I'm really paraphrasing here quite a bit. Texas said, Eh, no, we don't need that land you know, north of that, uh, 36 degree, 30 minute latitude anyway. And so they just gave it up, <laughs> said adios. And so <clears throat> that ended up kind of creating this no man's land, um, right there north of the Texas panhandle between Texas and Kansas. And, uh, it was no man's land for a while. And, and I forget, why it wasn't part of Kansas didn't come become part of Kansas. Obviously it didn't stay part of Texas because if any part of that state was above that line, then, you know, no slavery could exist. And apparently at that time, you know, there was, there was lots of plantations and lots of other things going on in Texas that did uh, unfortunately use slavery. And so they, uh, uh, I guess at some point they just kind of said, you know what, we'll just, stick it with Oklahoma. <laughs> it's so that's how we end up with the uh Oklahoma panhandle. And uh you know, some people call Oklahoma America's toothbrush or frying pan. <laughs> I still laugh at that. I don't know if the people out in, you know, Guymon and Woodward would really appreciate that a whole lot, but um you know, it's pretty desolate out there much like, you know, the the northern panhandle of Texas, but yeah, I guess just at some point, somebody said, ah, forget it. You know, Kansas doesn't want it. Colorado doesn't want it. We'll just stick it with Oklahoma. It'll be fine. And uh, so so there it is. And again, I'm paraphrasing. If there's anybody from Oklahoma or any historians out there listening, look, man, I'm I'm just a dude from Wichita Falls, Texas, doing the best I can to kind of piece this stuff together. So... Oklahoma Panhandle. So that has to do with the Missouri Compromise of 1820. It has to do with slavery. Texas says, uh, you know, at some point, we like our slaves. We don't want to get rid of them. So you know what? We'll just get rid of this bunch of land. Nobody uses it anyway. So off it goes, gets stuck with Oklahoma. So now let's fast forward again to this Compromise of 1850. And this is what really kind of set the boundary of Texas. Uh, but that's not all. It kind of did a lot of other things. So, um, the acts kind of along with the compromise of 1850 called for the admission of California as a free state, um, which is good. So there you go, Californians. That's kind of a big deal, uh, provided for a territorial government for Utah and New Mexico, and it established the boundary, uh, between Texas and the United States, So it kind of called that, you know, called that boundary. Um, And it also called for the abolition of slave trade in Washington, D.C. and amended the uh, Fugitive Slave Act. So there were lots of things. It wasn't just, hey, we're just going to talk about Texas. It was like, you know what, we're going to lump a bunch of this other stuff and call it the Compromise of 1850. So during this, though, there, of course, uh, as there always is, when you get tons of people involved, there were lots of ideas. About where the boundaries of Texas should fall, there were a bunch of bills that came out um, from senators in Maryland, Missouri, Tennessee, and Kentucky um, that tried to define really the Texas boundaries where where it should go. <clears throat> Several people even wanted to split Texas up into at least two states. Um, what's interesting is that I didn't I didn't really find anybody from Texas that was throwing out you know, hey, this is where we think our boundaries should be. It was all people from elsewhere. And not like really close, other than Missouri. I mean Missouri's fairly close, but everybody else kind of far off. So all of these ideas, these proposals failed until finally this guy, um, Senator James A. Pierce of Maryland, you know, from way up there. If my cousin Robbie's listening to this, what's up, homie? Uh, he lives up in Maryland now. He's from um, Texas's toothbrush just north of us, Oklahoma. But uh, so, anyway, he introduced this bill that offered Texas $10 million in exchange for giving up to the national government all the land north and west. Here's how it reads I'll just read this. So. million in exchange for ceding to the national government all land north and west of a boundary beginning at the 100th meridian, where it intersects the parallel of 36 degrees, 30 minutes, then running west along the parallel to the 103rd meridian, south to the 32nd parallel, and from that point west to the Rio Grande. Now, what does that mean? So, if you look at Texas, uh, obviously in the south you have this you have this squiggly line that runs, you know, I guess from southwest to northeast, and of course that's the Gulf of Mexico, and then you have um, that runs up the east side of the state, goes along a river. The north side of the state, for the most part, is the Red River, um, and then you have going down at the Rio Grande all the way out to uh, El Paso, or I'm sorry, it goes from way down south uh, at the Gulf of Mexico, west to El Paso, which is the Rio Grande. And then pretty much once you get to El Paso, like it is a really sharp line. I mean, it heads straight west for a little ways and then hangs a hard left, goes pretty much straight north for a ways, and then heads east again. I'm sorry, maybe I said that wrong. Heads straight east from El Paso in a straight line, hangs a left and goes straight north in a straight line for a ways, and gets way up there north of Amarillo, and then uh, hooks a right again and goes in a very straight line off to um, off to the east. And so those all have to do with longitude and latitude. And this was all laid out by this, uh, this guy, the Senator from Maryland. And so basically that's what they settled on. Everybody went, yep. Yep. That sounds like a good idea. So they did it. So, but now let's kinda, so let's go back to the question at hand, the five states. How, how did that get in here? lots of people really get upset again. And so, so now you have an idea of what the shape of Texas is, kind of where that came from and, you know, why it's so angular and straight lined out in the panhandle and going down to El Paso and then kind of where all the other squiggly lines come from uh, in the Northeast, South, and then, you know, kind of Southwest going to El Paso, it all has to do with rivers, Right. And I think a lot of states get their shape that way because of rivers and certain things. But anyway, I digress. So let's go back to a little bit more history. So in the first podcast, we talk about Texas breaking away from Mexico in 1836. Yeehaw, we become the Republic of Texas. So we're wicked proud of this fact. We were the Republic of Texas for like nine years. Texans are super proud of this. <clears throat> and, and it is kind of cool i mean there's you know i don't think there are any other states uh other than i guess maybe hawaii that were their own republic and and don't quote me on that because i'm not a hawaiian historian never even been there I'd like to go someday so you know we were our own republic and there's lots of stuff around that you know the alamo and everything else um santa Ana and all this other stuff so lots of proud and interesting history there and so in 1845 we get annexed into the united states so this is another fact that people are really proud of and this is what they'll throw out to you when they say oh the u.s government's really messing stuff up we should just secede and become our own dang country again and so it all stems back to and and people will tell you it's because we were annexed and not ratified into the United States. So we came into the U S very differently, apparently. And so this causes kind of a source of confusion. And so it comes, uh, some of this comes from the fact that um, you know, many historians believe that when the Confederacy surrendered at Appomattox in 1865, so now we're jumping forward a little bit to the civil war Talking about the end of the Civil War. So basically, secession, you know, we had the Confederate States of America that seceded, and, you know, we had the big war of the states, North and South, and all that other stuff. So obviously, secession was a problem. And so lots of historians pretty much say, you know what, when the Confederacy surrendered at Appomattox in 1865, this idea of secession is gone, it's defeated. So the union's victory set that precedence that states could not legally secede. Once you're in, you're in. And, you know, okay. And it, that kind of makes sense to me, I guess. Um, but I guess to a lot of folks, it wasn't spilled out. So, but the other part that a lot of, a lot of people go back to, another source of confusion, is um, comes from the language that was in the 1845 annexation resolution of Texas. And so I'm just going to read out part of it here. And so this resolution says that Texas could in the future choose to divide itself into new states of convenient size, not exceeding four in number in addition to said state of Texas. So let me read that again, in case you didn't catch that the first time. So when we were annexed, it literally says Texas could in the future choose to divide itself into new states of convenient size, not exceeding four in number, in addition to said state of Texas, but it, it just merely says that it could split into five new states. So you would still maintain the state of Texas and then split off into four others. It really doesn't say anything about splitting apart from the United States. And so that's part of the deal. It's, it's not really seceding. It's just saying that Texas could split up into five states. Now, where did that idea come from? And and I did just a little bit of digging on this. um, And there has been um, some people in the past that have pushed for this because if you split well number one texas was huge by standards of the time texas was a a monstrous state and there was some talk about you know what maybe we ought to split up maybe we should have two states um because we all think alike but two states would give us more representation um in dc uh and actually even as As early as the 1930s, I think there was somebody, uh, a senator that was actually pushing for that, saying, you know what, maybe we need to split into uh, an East Texas and a West Texas or a North and South Texas, uh, something like that, split into at least two states because that would give us more power in Congress. Um, Of course, most of it fizzled away. But it's interesting that this is what a lot of people say, you know, we were annexed. And it says in this annexation that we could split secede and split into five states and it's that's actually wrong it does say that we can split into five states and presumably we could still split into five states you know four brand new ones and then maintain the state of texas and whatever form that would look like (laughs) but it doesn't say anything about splitting away from the united states and so then that's where the history folks point back at, uh, Appomattox in 1865 and say, Hey, you know, that was kind of seceded. So really only Congress has the power to admit new States into the union. Um, which last occurred in 1959, of course, with Alaska and Hawaii. And so, Um, And then Hawaii, there is, there is some stuff on Hawaii. I didn't, I didn't look at it too much, but there was something about annexation because uh, uh, Hawaii was apparently a territory of ours for a long time. And I'm, if you're listening from Hawaii, I'm so sorry. I do not know a good history of Hawaii. Other than I hear you guys are awesome and I want to come visit someday. Um, But basically Hawaii, I guess, was a a territory or a protectorate, much like uh, Guam and Puerto Rico are. To us today but hawaii was a protectorate um for quite some time i guess uh and then they were you know brought in to the united states officially as a state in 1959 so i'm sure there's some cool history there it might be worth looking into later um so anyway so that's that's kind of the deal i think that's where a lot of this confusion comes from um And so the last part that a lot of people point to that say, you know what, you can't really secede from the United States points back to a a case way back in 1869, Texas versus White, where the court held that individual states could not unilaterally secede from the union um, and that the acts of insurgent Texas legislature, even if ratified by the majority of Texans, were absolutely null. And so apparently, uh, I, I should have brought this up a little better. I, I think the, the guy white, uh, he was maybe a Senator or something and was talking about maybe seceding again. Um, you know, I don't, I don't remember what the whole deal was, but basically they, they did put that down at a court case that said, Hey, even if Texas legislator or legislature said, you know what, you know, we're going to do this and you know, we're going to put it to a vote and we're going to ratify it, you know, if the majority of Texans agree that it would still be absolutely null because of, you know, the civil war, Appomattox, 1865. And then of course this court case in 1869. So there's some confusion there. So you're, if you're moving to Texas from out of state, you're going to hear this stuff. And hopefully this podcast kind of straights you out. Um, so anyway, the last part, I mean, this is still going on today, folks, there are still people out there that say this all the time. And so I found this one article and it, kind of summed it up, you know, it had all this history and stuff in it. And I found pretty cool. And I read it. Um, but they ended it with, if there is any doubt remaining after this matter, the late Supreme court justice Antonin Scalia set it to rest when he was asked by a screenwriter in 2006 whether there was a legal basis for secession. And and I assume they were talking about any state, but was there any legal basis for secession? And in his response, he wrote, the answer is clear. If there was any constitutional issue resolved by the Civil War, it is that there is no right to secede. So there you go. So can Texas split into five states? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, we can. Um, and apparently when all that was done, that included parts of New Mexico, Colorado, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Wyoming. Um, so what that would look like today? I don't know. I mean, those parts are all parts of other States now. Uh, I don't think there's really anybody out there saying, you know, forget it. We should split into five States. Um, I don't know. I I don't, I don't think that's a good idea, but you know, I'm just this guy from Wichita Falls that does mortgages. So who knows? But the answer seems, uh, reasonably clear as mud to me that, yeah, Texas can split into five States, but we cannot secede from the union. So there you go. Probably sure. I'm going to get some, uh, backlash and people that will, uh, complain about that so well that's it folks what do you think i thought that was kind of interesting uh because i've been hearing this since i moved to texas when i was like 10 so i don't know 30 something years ago that's it so go check me out on my facebook page and also the facebook group once upon a time in texas send your suggestions uh on what i can talk about the lore myth legend culture characters um, all that stuff, send it through the groups. Um, also hop on my webpage, the com. It's more than just more good stuff. I do have the link to my podcast on there. Uh, I've got some more information about me, some things that I like, um, you know, go check it out. Give me those suggestions. Tell me what to talk about. I want this feedback. I want to hear it from y'all. As always, if you know someone that is moving to Texas or moving in Texas, and you're looking to buy a house here in the great state, send them my way. Send them to themichaelmitchell.com. My phone number, email address, everything's on there. Tell them to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to them, see if I can help them out. I like helping people. Um, You know, I'm never too busy for your referrals, so send them my way. Um, Who knows? If they're moving from out of state, maybe I'll talk to them a little bit about some of the stuff I talk about on this podcast here. So anyway, there you go. That's uh, about, you know, 27 minutes or so so hope you guys enjoyed it send me those suggestions remember the stars at night are big and bright deep in the heart of texas this is mike mitchell we'll see on podcast number three i have no idea what that's going to be about yet but it's coming y'all have a great week